0: Let's just pray Healing is going to flow in this place tonight Today Healing is going to flow There is healing There is healing right there There is healing There is healing right there Every addiction is broken Every stronghold is broken right there Right there He just gave me a word before I even said it Right there This nation is healed in Jesus name This nation is healed We will not let the media divide us We will not let the pundits divide us This nation is healed because the the church is healed The church is healed The church is healed Nothing broken, nothing missing. The shalom I prophesy the shalom of God over your life right now. I prophesy the peace of God, the shalom of God over your life. Father, we thank you for those who are watching. We just declare the peace of God to them as well. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank thank you for that. Thank you for allowing me to to be led by the Holy Spirit. I remember I got a prayer request and I was I was struggling in ministry, trying to find my place in the kingdom. And if you ever received a call from God and you said yes to that call, not you're hovering, wondering, considering, when you accepted the call of God that He has called you, there is a waiting period. There is a development period. It's it's not going to be automatically boom. We like it like that, but there's a waiting period. And, and even in T, in, in T.D. Jakes and the success that he's had, if I'm not mistaken, and and I remember my facts correctly, he was doing a Bible study for ladies. It was a Sunday school class, I believe, and someone heard him preach, and told someone from TBN, you got to hear this person. you got to get his voice. And the rest is history. So there's a waiting period. So you see what God is doing in people's lives. You think, oh my goodness, the moment I say yes to the call, I'm going to automatically get there. No, there's some work that God has to do inside of us to get us to what he wants us to enjoy. God is withholding nothing from us. But he wants to make sure that everything is is, is lined up with what he wants. Everything lined up. So I remember that I was in ministry... And I was, I was frustrated. Um, I remember one time when I punched the wall, baby. Remember that? When I was like, just so frustrated. And uh, didn't make a hole enough, obviously. You know what I'm saying? Just like, bam! And she's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I said, I'm mad. She's like, man, I've never seen like that before. I said, I'm just, I'm mad. You know? And I had a kangaroo hat. The fur kangaroo hat. You remember that, right? The fur kangaroo hat, baby. With the kangaroo on it. You know what I mean? This was the authentic one in season and out of season Where my can go ahead And uh, I had it backwards So that means I was rebelling against God Because I, I had it on backwards You know what I mean And uh, so I got through that pity party And God says you're done I'm like yep He goes alright Still going to have to wait I'm like alright And uh, so I remembered That as I was struggling ministry I received a, uh, Someone had put a prayer request um, In the uh, We're having 24 um, hour prayer And someone put a prayer request, and they said, and I may have shared it with the church before, so if I have, for those who have heard it, please indulge me to share it again. But I remember someone prayed, and it says, his voice, I just, I can't, there's something about his voice that just bothers me. And I was told this, and it was almost as if I had the shield of faith up, and when I heard those words, the shield of faith just, just went like this, and that arrow from the enemy went right into and pierced right into my heart. Like, I'm waiting on God. I'm being faithful to God. And here it is that the enemy used somebody to say that his voice bothers me. And I was wounded. I was so wounded, I called my mom. I said, Mom, I'm, I'm wounded. The very thing that God has given me to do, which is preach His word, somebody is saying close your mouth but how many know but God come on somebody but God and here it is God says no I need your voice and if you wait patiently and allow me to heal you you'll see the harvest I've always had for you that's a word for somebody if you allow me to heal you you will see and receive the harvest I've always had for you. We are producing a harvest one way or the other. We are producing the harvest one way or the other. And God is said, if you allow me to heal you, you will see and enjoy the harvest that I always had for you. Someone say, but God. But God. Only God. Only God. And so here it is now as a church, as you faithfully give, we also as a church, we tithe as well upon your tithe. So we believe that the hard work that you're doing to bring a seed into the house of the Lord and to obey the word of God and giving of your tithes and offering, we as a church don't want it to stop. So we then continue in this principle, I don't want to get ahead of myself, and we also sow 10%. And more into ministries as well Because we believe that God is a harvest for you And we never want to be the stoppage Or the blockage of your harvest So we continue Because guess what The seed continues to grow The seeds continues to grow And when you understand What God is about to share with us In this harvest series You will recognize that Every seed that you've sown from God Will produce the harvest I'm so excited for the harvest I don't know about you But I am so excited for the harvest And all that God has for us He is a good God He sits on the throne Amen And so we got a check in the mail again Of just saying just, just God, the harvest The harvest And I have right here And I tell them I wanted a check They were going to try to direct deposit. pause I'm like, uh-uh Send a check Ain't nothing like getting a check You know what I mean? So we thank every single one of you for being faithful and forgiven. And for those who are watching us as well as a church, we believe in creating a culture of generosity and know that God is going to, God is going to bless. God is going to bless. Amen. Okay, so this morning I need, I need your help. I need for you to be in prayer um, because I, I, I got home uh, last night and I'm like, Lord, I need a word for your people. And all week, all week, all I kept hearing from the Lord in this series is heal the harvest. Heal the harvest. That's what I keep hearing over and over again. So I want to get to that. that that's my journey. That's the, that's the end point. So pray for me as I uh, bring some scriptures that we're going to be able to, to get to that particular place. Because you're going to see the evidence, or I will share with you the evidence, that the harvest has been healed. There is something unique that God wants to share with us. And especially for those of us, and for you who believe that God has called you, and you're in the ministry. And you might be frustrated right now. You might be wondering, God, what are you doing? It might be whatever area, whatever relationship that you're in, um, that God wants you to know that he is, and he wants to share with us, I should say, the law of the harvest. The law of the harvest. A law, when it comes to the kingdom of God, is something that cannot be broken. It is a law. It is something established by God. It's a legal right that God has given to you and I. The Bible says that the heavens belongs to the Lord, but the earth he's given to the children of men. That even God, when he establishes a law, God himself can't break the law. He can't. That's why Jesus had to come in a body, because you cannot occupy earth without being in a body. Anything or anyone that occupies the earth without a body is a spirit. It has to have a body to occupy legally in the earth. That's why spirits have to take a body, possess a body, in order for them to do what they do in the earth realm. And that's why we must understand there's a spiritual realm and the church must not be ignorant of that. That there's a spiritual realm. And the only institution that can push back darkness is the church. Listen to me. We're the only one that can push back the work of the darkness is the church. There's no other institution that can do that. It's only the church. And so we have a legal right, and I'm asking God, daily, God, remind me of my legal right. Remind me of my authority. Remind me of the power that's in me, that it's your power that you've given to me to complete the assignment so I can see the harvest that you, God, have established. And so God wants to equip us. That's why he gave you apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists to equip you for the work of ministry. So everyone here, you may not realize it yet, but you have a call of God on your life. There's an assignment that God has for you. But because of life and because of some of the things that happened, like that prayer request that made its way from that person's hand, that, you know, wrote it on the piece of paper. That, I mean, look how far it journeyed. So they had a thought. They heard me speak. And all of a sudden a seed was created. A seed was birthed. And that seed took advantage of an opportunity to write a prayer request. And so what was meant for good, someone, the enemy, was trying to make it bad. And so all of a sudden now, that left the card now to the particular place where the prayer request was placed. And it left there and made its way to someone's hands, which then it was walked all the way down. Think about it. This thing was was written first in the heart of someone, and then it made its way all the way to my heart. And what that does now, it created a wound. So here I was, a worshiper, but I was wounded. And so the capacity to understand God's love, the capacity to understand what God is doing, when another person will come and Megan says, Why are you talking so low? Because I had a complex now, because I thought everyone thought that way. I mean, surely if someone noticed that, I'm sure that everybody else noticed that as well. And so I got in front of people, and yes, God gave me a word. It wasn't given with the authority and with the legality that I had because all of a sudden there was something on the inside of me that was saying they don't like your voice. So there was a harvest that God wanted me to enjoy years ago. Years ago. But because of that, I went on a journey, I went all over the place trying to find this harvest, but I was wounded. Now, His word kept speaking over my life, and worship was part of what God wanted me to do. But I was wounded. I was wounded. I was wounded. And so as we take a a look at this now, we must understand that that when God establishes a law, this law, if you follow this law, you prosper. If you don't follow this law, you now will not prosper. I said earlier, I talked about karma, cause and effect. God doesn't operate that way. God operates through sowing and reaping. Totally different thing. we are all producing the harvest. We are. We have to determine whether or not this harvest though is from God or not. Right? If it's from God or not, this harvest. And so as we begin this journey, I want you now to go with me as we're going to look first at the law of the harvest. And then next week, we're going to take a look at the Lord of the harvest. And then we're going to look at the lifestyle of the harvest. What does it mean when someone's walking in the harvest of righteousness and their lifestyle and how it is such an attraction that they bring nothing but increase, nothing but increase, nothing but increase. Your life is meant to not only be a person of influence, but a person of increase. The Bible says what about Jesus? He increased in favor with God and man. He increased. So he had influence, but he also increased. And we're going to see how this really works. If you're at Genesis chapter 8... Uh, I want Genesis chapter eight. Let's take a look at verse number twenty-two, the law of the harvest. The law of the harvest. Now, the story of Noah and the ark is not some fairy tale. It's not some just a little story to show God's character. It actually happened. That's very important. The story of Noah and the ark actually happened. It is a historical event that took place. Okay? And so, they now have come out of the ark. And I'm going to look at verse 22, but I want to begin at verse number 20 and see the buildup for this. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord. This is verse 20. And took up every clean animal and every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. You notice that? He took the clean animals. The clean. And the Lord smelt a smoothing aroma. Then the Lord said, where? In his heart. I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, no will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. So God establishes a a promise. He says, I'll never destroy the earth again. Um, Even though the intention of man's heart are evil, he says, I will never do that again. I, I, I won't do that. And so he then now begins, Says, let me give you a universal principle of the creation law. This is whether you're saved or not. It doesn't matter. This is the universal law of sowing and reaping. And he's now introducing the season. He says, while the earth remains, sea time, and here it is now, and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. So out of the mouth of God, now he's speaking to all the nations of the world because at this particular time, everybody was destroyed except Noah and his family. So God is speaking to all the nations. That's why this is a universal principle of the creation law of sowing and reaping. says, as long as the earth remains, seed time, that's a particular time, and harvest, which really harvest then is a season. Harvest is a season of where things are gathered. Harvest is a season. And he's saying that when you plant a seed, wait for it, it will produce the harvest. It's the law of the harvest that it will produce. And so we see people who don't know God, who are prospering using this creation law principle and seeing their harvest. It doesn't mean they're going to go to heaven. It doesn't mean they're saved. What it means is that they're using a law. And I said earlier, when a law is released in the earth, that law will always work if you work that law. And so we see people now, you think, how are they prospering? And, and how would they produce it? Because they're working the law. They are working the law. They're working the law of harvest that God established. That God established. Now when I was looking at this, I said, let's go back to God. Because God says, I will never curse the ground again. So when was the curse, the ground, ever cursed before? Well, back in Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve sinned, Part of that um, harvest was the ground will be cursed. Not work. Not work. Work wasn't cursed. The ground was cursed. So where your labor before was going to produce things with ease, now this ground is going to require you to do some work, and the sweat coming off your face is going to be required now. There's going to be some labor involved in this thing. Okay, there's going to be some labor involved in this thing. But here was God, Now God says, I'm no longer cursed. And the Bible says that the earth was cursed, the ground was cursed because of man's sake. Not because of God. It's important that we understand the sowing and reaping, and we give God the right characteristics. No blame God, and I've been teaching this for a long time now. Let's not put things on God, excuse me, that wasn't God, that isn't God. Because you will receive a harvest saying God did this, and God didn't do anything with that whatsoever. And we're going to get to that. You have to recognize the harvest that's coming. And so when you can recognize, he says, no, no, I'm not going to receive that because that's not from God. That's not from God at all. And so we, in the beginning, we, we, we take a look at that. And so one of the things that God wanted me to, to look at, he says, well, Ron, and just from, from my study, he, he said, for example, the, the importance of, of the harvest was it was connected to different festivals, different feasts in the Old Testament to the Jewish nation. So where you and I who live in an industrial city now, we don't understand agricultural work necessarily. For those who work on a farm and for those who understand it, yes, you do. You know what I mean? Ryan, you understand the whole concept of sowing and reaping as you have to labor from the land. You understand? But most people, and until I worked on a farm, I just thought milk just came in a jug. And I thought meat just came because I went to Kroger and got it. You know what I'm saying? But when I was in Bible college, I, had, I worked on a farm. Yes, I did. Y'all look at me. I know I worked on the farm. <laughs> Praise God I did. Amen. It was hard work. They got up so early. Oh, my goodness. And we had the bales of hay. And it was like the semi-truck would come and drop the, the bales of hay. And it was, it was probably as high as this thing. And we had to climb up through the, through the barn or something like that. And we're climbing over. And you're grabbing and you're throwing this conveyor belt. And, and I'm like, this is hard work. I'm a city guy. What in the world is this? And I finally realized, no milk doesn't just come in a carton. (laughs) You got to work. You got to labor for this, right? And for them, it was important that they had a great harvest because that was going to supply their livelihood and their family. So harvest was critical. It was was vital that the harvest produced. And, And so when we're taking a look at this particular scripture, the Jewish nation will connect certain festivals, certain feasts with the harvest. For example, the feast of Passover was connected with the barley harvest. The barley harvest was speaking to this particular feast of the Passover, them coming out of Egypt. So in our minds, when we think of seasons, we may just think the calendar just you know, told us it's a new season. But, but not to the nation of Israel, not, not to those in agriculture. When the season showed up, it was a time of rejoicing. It was a time because they were expecting something from their labor. There there, there was something that was bringing them an excitement, an expectation that was taking place. And so not only was it the barley wheat that was coming in, it was remembering the Passover. It was remembering what it was like in Egypt. It was remembering when the word of the Lord came to Moses and says, The lamb that overcome, the lamb that was slain and put on the doorpost. So when I see the blood, I'll pass over it. For them, it wasn't just about the barley. Yes, it was that, but it was remembering the Passover. It was remembering the goodness of God. And so harvest is a time for us to remember the goodness of God. Do you remember the day when God rescued your soul and rescued my soul? Do you remember the day when He saw the blood and He passed over us? And so it's a time of great rejoicing. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And then the Feast of Pentecost represents the, the, the wheat harvest. It was the wheat harvest. And, and Pentecost, we know, was, was the day of when the Holy Spirit... Came And not just dwelt upon the people But the Holy Spirit infused the people The Holy Spirit came to live inside of us It was a, it was a great time of harvest And that was a wheat harvest But the one I want to focus on for this series Is the Feast of Tabernacle And this was a feast of where it was The time for the fruit harvest Someone say fruit It was time for the fruit, it was, it, was, it was important. This was the festival, this was the feast of the tabernacle. And they would bring in the fruits and, and the grain and they would will, they will gather the place. They, they, they would gather all of this uh, 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 food that would come in. They, they would gather it because it was harvest time. It was, it was harvest time. And so this principle now that I've established, hopefully, in your heart, we're going to see how this principle now works out throughout this concept of the law of harvest. So God established a universal principle, right? Uh, Genesis 8.22, as long as the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest. We see that it was God who originally uh, said, I'm going to give you all of this in, the, in Genesis. And we see that man sinned, and so man was the one that caused the ground to curse, right? But God says, I'm no longer going to curse the earth anymore. As, as long as the earth remains, seed, time, harvest, He establishes the principle, okay? And so here now we see God at work. Someone say, God at work. We see God at work. And so God now begins, and he says this, and I shared this last week, that God has given us the provision of land. God gave us the provision of land. And so we understand, and one of the great stories in the Bible, is the promised land. That the promised land was given, excuse me, to Abraham. The promised land was given to Abraham. It says, Abraham, you're going to have all of this. You're going to have all of that. You're going to have all these different things. It's going to be all for you. And God never forgot his promise of the land. He never forgot it. And so here it is now that God now speaks to Moses and says, Moses, I want you to take the children of Israel, uh, 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 deliver them from Egypt, and I want you to take them to the promised land. They're going to go on this journey. And on this journey now, we get to Numbers 22. So I want you to turn to, I'm sorry, Numbers chapter 13, verse 22. I want you to turn to Numbers 13, verse uh, 22, please. Numbers 13, verse 22. Okay. And so here it is now, in Numbers, uh, let, let's back up a little bit. In, in Numbers uh, chapter, chapter, let's go with Numbers 13 verse 18. Numbers 13 verse 18. Okay? So Moses now gets to a place, and I want to I share something that's really profound in, in this particular teaching here. Okay? God promised them Canaan, period. I've given you the land. Here it is now that Moses brought him out of Egypt and they're sitting here now. And in verse number uh, 18 it says, And see what the land is like, where the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many. Whether the land they dwell in is, a good, is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, where the land is rich or poor and whether there are forests there or not. Here it is now. Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Why? After all this journey now, he gets upon it and he says, why? Because I don't want you to miss a season of harvest. Right. And he says, we could have went earlier. He says, no. And he walks them around and they finally get to his place now. And he says, send spies in 12. That's key. Send 12 people in and let them spot the land and give me a report of the land. And they come back now, and he says, I want you to see if, the, if, if and bring some of the evidence of the land, some of the fruit. Now the time was the season, the harvest of the first ripe grapes. So he's saying, To Israel, don't miss it now. This is an opportunity. While you are wandering in the wilderness, seeds will be implanted in Canaan. And I know while you are wandering, wondering how I'm going to sustain you, how am I going to feed you, God says, I'm not only working here, but I'm also working over here. And when you understand How seed, time and harvest works Then you will be able to In the midst of this journey In the midst of this time When you are wandering God says I've been working over here Getting things ready for you And he says now Go and get the evidence Bring back the fruit Bring back the evidence That the land is exactly How I said it was going to be And so here they are now They go And, 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 and you know the rest of the story and If you haven't Let me share with you They go in And they see all the land, they see the harvest, they cut down the grapes. It was so big that they had to use a pole and had to carry it back into uh, to, to Moses and the rest of them. And it says, we see the land. It is exactly how God said it is. The land, the harvest is there. The law of harvest worked. He said, in seed time and harvest, it worked. We have the evidence of God's faithfulness to the soil. And to the seed. And all of a sudden now, they said, but we can't possess it. We have the evidence right in front of us of the harvest. But we can't go and get it. Why not? Because we underestimated the wound that happened to them when they were in Egypt. That they couldn't receive the harvest Even though the law of the harvest was evident in what they brought to the people. Twelve, government. Government went in. And government says, it is what God says. And came back. And the enemy says, I can't have government operate now. I've got to bring division. I can't have 12 together. I can't have that working together. We're going to see how that is. I can't have these 12 working together. Just like Jacob with the 12 sons. I can't have them unified. And just like Joseph, when he gave provision and says, bring the stuff back to Jacob. He said, here, here. Joseph says, I'm providing for you because it's a famine, but the land has produced for me. I'm in a place of harvest. My brothers, my family is in a place of famine. He says, I have to help. We talked about that uh, last week. He says, "Now, now take this and bring it back to daddy. And look what Joseph said. He says, on the way, don't you argue and don't you fight. Don't ruin the harvest by your strife. He says, walk in unity together and go back to daddy. Because bring him the evidence that there is still harvest in the midst of famine. Because God is in control. And A.J., they got here and ten of them said, we cannot possess the land. Ten, we can't do it. But two said, two or three are gathered come on two set. let's not wait any longer let's not miss the season I have enough evidence to say let's go and take the land because this is not about our generation it's about the generation of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and we now need to go and take the harvest and bring it and says we now can possess the land that God has for us it's about the law of the harvest that's working and so here it is now that they, the people listened to the ten and they didn't listen to the two. And that entire generation died off. The entire generation died off. In the midst of that, God also said in Leviticus 25, I'm going to show you a principle. And I'm going to show you the law of the harvest. There's a principle called the law of second grace. Watch this. This is so powerful. It's so awesome. God's grace is amazing. His grace is amazing. It's not the grapes. It's the grace. Come on, somebody. Uh Because when you see the giants, you need the grace, not the grapes. They saw the grapes. Let me say that again. They saw the grapes, but that wasn't enough. What they needed was the grace of God to take down the giants. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. So we're going to see what I call second grace here. So Leviticus, uh, number is here. Let's get to Leviticus 25. Leviticus 25. There's a principle that's established here. Leviticus 25. I'm hurrying. Watch this now. Amen. So it's the provision for the seventh year. So in Leviticus chapter 25, uh, listen to what the word of the Lord says. In verse 18 of Leviticus 25. So you shall observe my statutes and keep my judgments and perform them and you will dwell in the land in safety. So this is God telling them, before they even got to the promised land now. He says, before you even going to get the evidence, here's what God is telling them. He says, uh, then you will go into the land and you will be in the land in safety. Then the land will yield its fruit, and you will eat your fill and dwell there in safety. And if you say, what shall we eat in the seventh year, since we shall not sow nor gather in our produce, then I will command my blessing on you in the sixth year, and it will bring forth produce enough for three years. He said, because I gave you a commandment, I gave you a law, I will sustain it so you don't break my law. And if you're tempted to think Where are we are going to eat He said no I'm going to give you enough For three years To sustain you So when other nations Come to Canaan, They can say How come you guys aren't laboring Because we're obeying The God of Israel The law of harvest We're obeying the law of harvest What is the law of harvest? Because see those nations Were going to other gods They were going to foreign gods For fertility They were going to other gods For rain to come They had all these multiple gods If they needed something They had a God If they needed something else They had a God And God says there's only one God and I'm going to show you what I can do compared to all these other gods who don't even exist. And he's saying that what I'm going to do is I'm going to bless you so much. I'm going to bless you so much. See, I'm telling you, God wants to bring such prosperity to you and to me in such a harvest. He said, I'll give you enough for three years if you obey my commandment. Three years. And you shall sow in the eighth year and the old produce until the ninth year, until produce, uh, and, until its produce comes in and you shall eat of the old harvest. So he gives now. He goes, here, that's what I'm going to provide for you. Okay? I'm going to provide for you. Now what I want you now is go to Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 22. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 22. And here's what I call the law of second grace. Deuteronomy chapter 1. For those of you who may know this already, um, you can shout. But thank you for being patient while I caught up to you because I didn't know this. I mean, I read it before, but I didn't really know this. So Deuteronomy chapter, 20, chapter 1, Deuteronomy is, Paul, uh, is, is Moses going back over the law again. It's the second book. He's, it, he's, he's reminding them because they're about to go in the promised land. He's not going to go in, but he's getting them ready. Uh, and that's what a leader does. leader makes sure he leaves a legacy for the generation to, to, to come. And he's, and he's sharing with them, and he says something profound here. He gives a review of Numbers 13 in Deuteronomy chapter 1. He gives a review of it. Do you know whose idea it was to go spy the land? It wasn't God's idea. It was their idea. God said, go and possess it. They said, okay, we have a plan. God says, go possess it, occupy it. Ah, oh, but we got a plan, Moses. Send spies in. And let's just, just want to confirm God's word. You know what I mean? I, I, just, I just want to make sure that, that that's God. Where God says, go in and possess it. Go in and receive and take your harvest. And it says, okay, well, here it is. And Moses now exposes them. Moses says, now, this was your idea. And it sounded to me. And in Deuteronomy chapter 1, he goes and he tells them. And he says this in, in verse, in verse uh, 22 of Deuteronomy chapter 1. He goes and here's what he says. He says, and every one of you came near to me and said, let us send men before us and let them search out the land for us and bring back word to us uh, uh, on the way by which we should go up and of the cities in which we shall come. The plan pleased me well, so I took twelve of your men, one man from each tribe, and they departed and went into the mountains and came to the valley and spied it out. They also took some of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down to us, and they brought back word to us, saying, It is a good land which the Lord our God has given us. Nevertheless, you would not go up, but rebelled against the command of the Lord your God, and you complained in your tents and said, Because the Lord um, hates us, He has brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us. Because God hates you? And when I heard those words were said to me, I was like, God, are you serious? Are you telling me that that's... I had to make sure I knew the character of God. Because the enemy would like to bring words and make us pin those things on God. God. And we already seen this, right? With Joseph and his brothers. What is this that God has done? And I'm here to tell you, we need to we need to break that stronghold off of your life that you're we're, we're contributing things to God, and it's not Him. It's not Him. It's not Him. God is good, all the time, and all the time, God is good. He is a good God. He has good things for you. He is not hating you. He is loving you. He has always loved you. He will continue to love you. He has great things in store for you. And he's saying, just possess the promise. Go for it. It's the law of the harvest. It's the law of the harvest. We, we met with our leadership this weekend and a word came forth for our ministry. And they said, hey, here's what the Lord is doing. They, they believe this is what God was doing for, for our ministry. Let me share it with you. He says that God is elevating worship here. That there's a love for worship that's here. That there's, there's an elevation of worship of, of God. That, that we understand that worship doesn't just begin. Worship has been going on. We just enter into what's already been happening. So we don't move by our emotions or our feelings. We allow the Holy Spirit to move in this place. And because we understand the law of grace that's connected to the harvest. Because the more people that come in, the more grace you need. Because more people who are wounded, but they're coming to worship. And so God is saying worship has to elevate so we can deal with a wound in your heart. And that's what you understand. When you're worshiping, the person right beside you need to hear you declare the things of God. Because they need to know that, the, that God is not, is not against them, but God is for them. And when you sing and when you make a declaration, they know that God is for them and not against them. And you're magnifying and giving God praise and glory. It, it's an amazing thing. It's an awesome thing. The second thing they said was that the word will be taught. You have a love for the word. That you're like the Berean church. He just says, I have to search the scripture to make sure this is what God is saying. There's a love for God's word. And he said this. This is the third thing that was said. And we must heed the voice of the prophetic. We have to listen to the voice of the prophetic. Because here's what's going on. I believe prophetically that God is healing his harvest. I believe he's doing that. Oh my goodness. I do. And there's nothing the enemy can do about it. Because all we're doing is possessing, taking territory. We're taking everything back the enemy stole from us. We're taking everything back what he stole from us. Because the law of the harvest says that it belongs to me. Are you with me, somebody? Are you with me? So now here is what I call the law. What I call second grace. Now Joshua goes in Joshua 3.14. Joshua 3.14. In Joshua chapter 3 verse 14, the 12 people are there again, the priests are there, and now this time they're at the the bank of the Jordan in Joshua chapter 3. And he says, okay, second time going in now. And it's interesting because the second time they're going in, we read the same words or the same concept is there. They go in and he says, says, it's time to go because in this season, Jordan overflows its bank in time of harvest. So God is about harvest. So here it was in Numbers 13. He says, Go in now, it's harvest. They missed it. Second chance. <laughs> Second grace. Go in now. Jordan's overflowing its bank. It's harvest time. So everything about God is harvest. If you follow the timing of God, it produces the harvest that He has for you. I've got to get you into the promised land in the time of harvest. And He brings them in. And listen to what it says now, in, in so John, Joshua chapter 3. But in Joshua chapter 5 now, they were used to living on manna while they are in the wilderness. And God said, I'm going to change your diet because you can't live in the wilderness. Come on. Right. You can't live with manna in the wilderness and have that mindset come into the promised land. So it says, I'm going to stop the manna. And I'm not going to give you the fruit of the land that you're going to produce. That's going to be producing for you. And what God is saying is I'm changing your diet. As you move into your promise, I'm changing your diet. I'm changing the things that you thought was your security. And I'm going to step into the abundance that I have for you. A story is told about the North Korean war. War. And what happened was at the end of the war, that parents and and, and families, fathers and mothers who died, there were a bunch of orphans that that, that were left. And so they rescued these orphans and and they put them in a home and they were getting three meals a day. Now, prior to this, right, they were struggling for survival. There was no one that could provide for them. And now they're no orphan, and now they're being provided for, and they wouldn't go to sleep. So they're asking the question, why won't they go to sleep? And they noticed that if they gave them a piece of bread and they put the bread in their hand, that they would fall asleep. And it wasn't that they wanted to eat the bread. It was that when they woke up in the morning time, they had to know that provision was there. That they lived without provision for so long that they couldn't go to sleep because they were wondering how is God going to provide. And I'm going to tell you, it may not be bread we have in our hand. It might be your job. It might be some relationship. It might be something that we're holding on to. And God is saying you cannot take that stuff in the wilderness and come into my place of wealth. You got to know that my security is in God who will produce and will provide no matter where I am. Now manna was good But I want the abundance I want the fruit of the land And he's saying now That when you step in I'm going to now provide for you From the fruit of the land Because I released a harvest I released a word That's so important That's so important And so here it is now We make the turn And I end with this This is what's been on my heart so in Second Chronicles chapter seven verse fourteen, we, we, we read that scripture and and I was studying it and some people are saying, Well that scripture doesn't refer to America and you know and they were it, 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 it's in the context, everything like that. So I'm not gonna let me read in the context of what's going on. Second Chronicles seven, verse fourteen, we all know that if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves, turn from the wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sins, I'll forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. So there's a connection between the people's healing and the land producing. There, there is some connection to that that's taking place. And so look at the context of what's going on. Solomon now comes and he builds the temple. And so he's now dedicating the temple. And so there was a celebration going on for weeks. I mean, this wasn't just some one come for two hours. This was a celebration that was taking place for Weeks. I mean, they had so much excitement and so much harvest that it was all for about a week. And they all were celebrating. They all were praying. They were all doing that. And when they were finished, it's interesting, right? Because Solomon's doing all the talking now. Hey, God, if we do this and we pray to heaven. And God, if we do this and we pray to heaven. Send rain. Send all And God, if we do this and all, and all of a sudden, and, and all Solomon, he's talking, he's talking. And finally Solomon is quiet. And the Bible says, and then God visits Solomon at night. He said, let me now talk to you. Let me now talk to you. You've been doing a lot the talking, that's great. You've been praying and everything like that. But here's God said. God says, let me now talk to you. And there comes a place in our life where we don't want to hear from man anymore. We have to hear from God himself. And when we appreciate your advice. I appreciate your counsel. I think I give you pretty good counsel. But I'm telling you right now, there are moments where you've got to get on your knees and say, all I need to know is I need to hear from God. I need to hear from God what God is saying. And so God speaks and God is the one that said 2 Chronicles 7, 14. God said it. He says, If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves. Now my question is, was the land sick? I mean, they built the temple. There were celebrations going on. But what God was saying was this. It's not about the physical land. Because I'm pretty sure we have people in the temple worshiping, but they were wounded. And while we we can worship in the midst of the crowd, God says, no, there's a deep work I want to do. He says, if my people, my people who identify with me... If my people which are, He's talking of course to the nation of Israel And he's saying The twelve sons again that Jacob, Israel He's saying If my people Will humble themselves And seek my face And, and pray He says I will heal the land And I looked at that and I said God, what are you saying? He says Rowan Rowan It's not just about It's not just about the seed It's not just about the soil It's always been about the Savior From the time that Adam sinned and Eve sinned, it's always been about the Savior. The healing that they received was just temporary. And so every harvest that they received, it was God's goodness, but it wasn't God's best. God's best is the Savior. It's Jesus Christ. And He's saying that, that what I want to send to you, what I want you to understand, what I want you to proclaim, is Jesus as Savior. And He is the healer. It's Jesus. That's what we need. It's Jesus. No matter what you struggle, no matter what you're going through, it's Jesus we need. It's Jesus that ought to be proclaimed. It's Jesus that ought to be exalted. It's Jesus that we need because He is the healer. He's the healer. And so He goes on and now He says this. He says, I will heal the land. And I said, God, God, how are you doing this? And he, he, said, Isaiah fifty-three, Ron. I was, I was wounded for your transgressions. I was bruised for your iniquity. The chastisement, the peace was upon me, and by his stripes, we are healed. Oh, the work of the cross. It doesn't matter what text you open up to. you always get to the work of the cross. It doesn't matter where you journey, whether it's Genesis, whether it's Exodus, whether it's Leviticus, whether it's Numbers, whether it's Deuteronomy, whether it's Jeremiah, whether it's Ezekiel, whether it's Isaiah, it doesn't matter. you always find yourself going back to the cross. Always. If we want to heal all the racial divide, it's the cross. It's the cross. It's not some policy. It's the cross. Come on, it's the cross. I'm telling you, it is the cross of Jesus Christ that's going to be able to heal every single divide, every single division. It is the cross of Jesus Christ. And we say it, but we don't really believe it, do we? Right. But I prophesy that the church, the church is going to rise up and going to be declaring, God, heal our land. Amen. Healed our land. Healed our land. And let me end with this. Let me end with this. Go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Let me wrap up with this. See? We have heard the text where he says pray to the Lord of the harvest that he'll send forth laborers into the harvest. I'm sitting and meditating on that. He says the harvest is plentiful. Figuratively speaking of people, he says, The laborers are few. He says, Pray to the Lord the harvest. You send forth laborers. And I believe what I'm hearing from the Lord is this He's saying, I'm healing the harvest so I can send the harvest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's time for your assignment. The Jordan is overflowing its banks, the fruits are there, and it's time now for us to be sent into the harvest. And So here it is now in James chapter 1. He looks at the Old Testament and the 12 went in and they came back out and 10 said we can't do it. The other two said we can do it. And here now James is writing and he begins this and he says, James, the bondservant of God, in verse 1 of James chapter 1, the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. He says persecution has come and it caused you to scatter. And you're running for your life. There was harvest of souls coming to Christ in numbers in the book of Acts. Thousands coming to Jesus Christ. And here it is now that the, the governing authorities didn't like that. So they turned up the heat. Says, We're going to afflict them We're going to wound them And they're going to tuck their tails and run and They didn't understand that the more they afflicted them The more they multiplied Because it's the law of the harvest and He begins and how do you say this And if you're sitting and you're going through trials You're going through a situation of having to deal with a loss You're going through a trial and You think God I know you've come And you're going through a struggle right now And he says this My brethren count it all joy Count it all joy. They're on my tail. They, they, I, I, I answered your call, God. It's brought nothing but persecution. He says, count it all joy. Because your attitude is important to, with your assignment. Your attitude is critical to your assignment. Is anyone hearing me now? Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Know that the testing of your faith produce patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Oh, good God Almighty. That you lack nothing. He's saying the twelve tribes are scattered. He says, But counted joy. Counted joy, Steve. Counted joy, glass. Counted joy. Rob. Because God is producing something in you. It's a law of the harvest, it's that work in you. And the enemy thinks he's got you, but he doesn't understand. He's expanding your influence. He's expanding the increase of your life. You're producing more fruit. Why? Because you counted all joy. Huh? So the afflictions that are coming to me are working on my behalf. Only God can do something like that. He continues on. And he breaks down. He says, now watch this now. He says, he says, as he goes on in verse, in verse 13 of that. He now, now now be careful. Be careful. He says, because it's a harvest. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does He Himself tempt anyone. But everyone is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when, then when the desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fulfilled, right or fully grown, it brings forth death. Do not be deceived my brethren Every good and every perfect gift Is from above And comes down from the Father of lights With whom there is no variance Or shadow of turning Out of his own will He brought us forth By the word of truth That we might be kind of A first fruits of his creation So let me wrap up And send you with this He now says Every good and perfect gift Comes from God So when you leave here You're going to receive your harvest And it's going to be good Productive Prosperous harvest. I know right now it doesn't look like that, but God wants to give you a harvest. He wants to bring increase into your life. He wants to bring abundance into your life. We're believing God for a house. And watch this now. Man, we sat there as a family and we're talking about it. And then we finally said, okay, we're going to go for this house. And I would go to the land and I would lay myself on the land. I'm like, God, you've given us this land. You've given us this land. Now, that's what I do. You don't have to do this. That's what I'm doing. Okay? I'm like, God, I am believing it for this land. And I remember when we were there And then all of a sudden All of a sudden I made a phone call to somebody else And I said, you know, I'm thinking about this He says, well They meant well And I was listening And after the end of the conversation I conceived of myself Let's not go for this one Let's just settle for this one And I called my daughter And I said, hey We're going to sign for the house today And she says, what? What are you talking about? And here's what she said Didn't we say that we're going to go for this one? What changed that? And then all of a sudden I said, oh my goodness, as a father I gave my word to my daughter. And if I take back my word now, you see God, when God gives his word, God takes it back. And I says, no. I said, you're right. And we met with someone who says, no. Pray that that contract doesn't go through. And we prayed and that contract didn't go through. Because you gave your word. Come on. And because God gave His Word to give you a harvest, God is not man that He will lie. That God will produce the harvest in your life. And the harvest that God has said, is I'm going to bring healing to your situation. Trust me, I am Jehovah Rapha. I will heal the harvest. I will heal the harvest. Your past is over. Come on, baby. Your past is over. God has a future for you, and it's a good harvest. I'm no longer... I'm no longer going to be deceived. Someone said, I'm no longer going to be deceived. Devil, you are a liar. You will no longer deceive me anymore. I have a good harvest. I have a good harvest. And here's what ends with this. Here's what ends with this now. Here's what ends with this now. In James chapter 5, this is the word of the Lord for your healing. This is when we know that healing was evident. Because I said earlier, the person who wrote the prayer request saying, I don't like your voice. Guess how God allowed me to know who this person was. He was actually in my office at the time. And I was talking to the person who wrote that. And watch God. In the midst of me being wounded, God was still working. And God orchestrated that the person who wrote that would be in my office. And I didn't know it. And I'm talking to this person in my office. And he's sharing with me racial issues he had. Deep wounds he had in his heart. That caused him to write that. It wasn't me. The enemy for months, for years, made me conceive and believe it was me, but it wasn't me. And all of a sudden he came off and says, It was me. I said, So you are the one that wrote that card? And here it is now, he shared, and he was talking to me about why, and the racial divide, it's not, come on somebody, when you have an anointing on your life, where God is blessing you with a harvest, people are going to think, but it's not that, God was so good, he brought the person right in front of him and says, no Ron, he needs to be healed, I'm going to use you, good God, the very one that the words hit, God says, I'm now going to step you into your harvest, and you're going to bring the healing that he needs. Only God can orchestrate that. Only God can orchestrate that. And so he now says that this is our mandate. I'm leaving you with this. And this is, this, is what, this is the harvest. The law of the harvest. If anyone among you, James chapter 5, if anyone among you is suffering, let him pray. If anyone is cheerful, let him sing psalms. If anyone among you is sick, let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Oh God, back to Second Chronicles 7.14. If you forgive your sin, I will heal your land. He said, if they have any sins, it will be forgiven. Why? So that God can then speak to you. And here it is now. He says, confess your trespasses to one another. Okay. Okay, God. Okay I don't mind anointing them with oil I don't mind even reading the Psalms with them But you want me now to confess my trespasses The deep secret place of my life You really want me to, to, un, to, to unravel that? You really want me in the midst of these people? You really want me to open and expose myself? You want me to share with them the pain? You want me to share with them the hurt? That's what you're asking God? What? He said, before I can send you, i got to heal you. i got to heal you. And he goes on, he says this. He says, pray for one another. Confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another. That you may be healed. <laughs> what he's saying is this, AJ. The affliction and the persecution has caused you to run. And you're so weak because you've been... You've been holding on to your faith. You've been holding on to your faith. They're afflicting you. And he's saying, you're wounded, man. You're exhausted from this battle. And God is saying, now, I have my body. I have my people that are here. And they're going to bring healing to you. Confess your faults. Confess your trespasses one to another. And since I've come to the gathering place, I told Megan. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like an open book now. I'm sharing stuff I never used to share before. God said, because it's a safe place. There's healing here. And as much, and as much, with every head bowed, every is closed, as much, as much, as much, as 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 I believe God called me here, He's brought me here because I also needed the healing. And from November last year, till today, God has been doing a work in my life and He's healed me. He's healed me in the midst of you, His people. That I can actually sit there I remember, I remember Reggie I was talking to him And as soon as he got And we meet in an office And he asked me something No one's ever asked me In 23 years You know what the Lord told me? He says, Ron If you would have lied He would have never trust you In 23 years No one's ever asked me That question before And in one meeting God said, because it's a safe place It's a safe place It's a safe place We can confess our faults one to another here. Because we will pray for each other. Because the harvest, the harvest, the harvest, every head bowed, every eyes closed. If you're here and you've been wounded, if you're here and you've been wounded, I want to pray for you. Right where you are, right where you are, I want to pray for you. There's a harvest that's waiting for you. The evidence of God's grace is there. It's a second chance. the third chance. For some of you and for myself, we've had multiple, multiple experiences of God's grace. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for your people. The one thing you've told me is that, is that you want to heal the harvest. And so I end... I end by saying this: the effectual and fervent prayer of a righteous man availed much. Elijah was a man with a, natural, with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Rain on your people, Lord Jesus. If you're here, whatever hit bought, everybody's closed. He said, Pastor Roe, pray for me. Pray for me. Because Sunday we want to have a commissioning service next Sunday where we're sending you to your assignment, what God has for you. Thank you, Jesus, for the healing now. You healed me, Lord God, of that wound of them talking about my voice. Now heal your people right now. Heal, heal, Lord God. Heal, heal this nation on Wednesday, God. On Tuesday it's going to be divided, but on Wednesday, God, we pray, heal this nation. Heal this nation, oh God. Heal this nation because you want to send us into the harvest. Receive your healing now. Receive your healing. Receive your healing. Receive your healing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, now bless your people. Bless your people. Come on, take take thirty seconds out and just worship. Heal your people, Jesus. That's it. Heal your people, Jesus. I, I can I can go to you, Ian. I can say, Ian, here here's my struggle, man. And I can trust you to tell you my trials and my temptations. Heal your people, heal your people, heal your people, heal your people, Jesus. Come on, come on, come on, church, heal your people. People are coming in off the streets who have been wounded by this world, and they need to know that there is a healer, that there is a healer here. Heal your people in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I thank you so much. As we leave this place, we'll never leave your presence. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I invite you now to make that decision and welcome the healing that you need for your spirit, the healing that you need for your soul, and the healing for your body. Just confess and say, Jesus, come into my heart as Lord and Savior and redeem me, Lord God, and forgive me of all my sins. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless you. God, cause his face to shine upon you. And the Lord be gracious unto you. The law of the harvest. Receive the blessings of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.